0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Gigant 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Robbie Falk this week from Gene's Page. He does a great job covering the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and he's here to give us a look at them. Robbie, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, Andrew. Thanks for having me, man. Good to be here
1: this obviously, just looking at Mississippi State, they've obviously already played one SEC game. But looking at the schedule, this kind of begins a bit of a gauntlet for them, a life in the SEC, I guess, with A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, Alabama, and Georgia all coming up. What's what's kind of been the, the, bu- the feeling or buzz around the program as, as they kind of get going this week against A&M?
2: Well, everybody believes that this is a, a huge stretch for State. This is one of the bigger stretches – Uh, at least in three or four games that they've had in a long time when you're talking about uh, you know the future of Mike Leach what's he going to be able to do at Mississippi State long term Uh, how good can Mississippi State be under Mike Leach all that kind of starts this week with Texas A&M and it feels like this three game stretch especially is the most important stretch for Mike Leach since he's been here you got three games that are winnable ball games but they're very difficult ball games when you consider you got a top 25 team, top yeah. 20 team in, in Texas A&M and then you got Arkansas coming up next week, then you got to go to Kentucky and you're going to lose to Alabama most likely. So these three games right here could be the difference in eight or nine wins. You're going 6 and 6. So yeah. starting it off strong is what has to happen for Mike Leach. I feel like he has to go 2 and 1 in this stretch. And that's going to be very difficult, but you do get two of those games at home, so we'll see what happens. No
1: doubt, this is obviously a really veteran roster. Jimbo Fisher mentioned it the other day that you know twenty out of the twenty-two kids on the the, in the you know top twenty-two are are either redshirt juniors or juniors or fifth-year guys or sixth-year guys. Um, what sort of what sort of benefit has that had for Mississippi State so far, or what what do you think that could that could kind of mean over the next couple of weeks with with
2: just such a veteran roster. I think it's important in games like this to have guys that have been there before. I mean, a lot of these guys that have been coming out on the field on Saturday played at Kyle Field last year. Will Rogers helped Mississippi State to win last year. A couple of those wide receivers, running backs, offensive linemen. Those guys played in that kind of environment and you played in a big SEC ball game. And most of those guys have played in the sec now for two and a half years so that goes a long way i mean a lot of times experience uh, in the sec can beat talent in games like this because if that talent's only been playing for a couple of games they haven't got their feet wet i'm taking the guy that's been there for four years over the the guy that's a five star at least in in year one because they've experienced the sec they know what it's like playing in front of hundred thousand people they know what it's like going to Calfield and winning a ball game so I think it's going to be big for them I think that's what's what was so disappointing to see uh for state fans in that lSU game for them not to be able to handle that environment that was disappointing but we'll see if that was just kind of an anomaly um and and those players could come out and handle the situation a little bit better this week I think this is going to be a good really good test for them. Um, at the start of this four game gauntlet that they're going to, if they can come out in this ball game and and handle that situation well and take care of business, I think that's going to be a good step in the right direction for them.
1: You mentioned that LSU game, you know, kind of got off to the start you would want to get off to if you're a Mississippi state player or coach, and then, you know, kind of felt like, you know, some inconsistency the rest of the way. What, what were the primary issues in that game and, and, you know, looking ahead to this one as well.
2: I don't think they handled the adjustments from LSU's defense very well in that. Uh, I don't think they took advantage when they needed to take advantage. They had opportunities to build that lead. And LSU, quite frankly, was doing nothing on offense. You got a 13 nothing lead with two minutes left, a little under two minutes left before halftime. You let LSU drive right down the field and, and score right before the half. Um, and then you had you you pretty much had control of it in the second half. You muff a punt inside the five. I think the biggest issue was just lack of focus and execution. State was good enough to win that ball game. They weren't as talented as L- LSU um, at all these positions, but they were good enough to win the game. Even as badly as the offense played, they should have won that ball game. So I, I think I don't think they handled the atmosphere well. I don't think they handled. Um, you know, anything well in that ball game on the offensive side of the ball after the first possession. So really is just the lack of execution and just not stepping up when they needed to step up was a real big issue for them.
1: And, um, you mentioned Will Rogers earlier, obviously heading into basically his third year starting now is off to another really good start to the year. What areas have you seen him continue to grow and, and what are maybe those areas he can he can still improve on?
2: I think he's gotten a lot better at getting the ball down the field. A lot of people his first two years talked about the fact that he wasn't throwing the ball past 10 yards. Well, now he leads the country in touchdown passes beyond uh, 20 yards. He's got five of those. He's got a pretty high uh, completion percentage and passer rating. So he's he's developing as a passer. He's he's always been a uh, a guy that's had a high completion percentage. He's completed a lot of his – Passes over 70% in his career. That has never been an issue for him. The way that he can grow now is getting the ball down the field a little more for some more dynamic plays, Um, reading the defense a little better pre snap and going through his progressions. And I think he's gotten better at that for the most part. I didn't think he did a great job at that against LSU, but I think as a whole, he's gotten better at that. And he's just developing as a passer. He's gotten a lot better. There's There's some limitations for him physically. He's not going to be the um, fastest guy. He's not going to scramble for a lot of yards uh, and get outside the pocket a whole lot. But he makes up for that, I think, with his brain. And I think he just is a lot better at making decisions than a lot of other quarterbacks. So, you know, there's some, like I said, deficiencies physically. But overall, he's he's a really good quarterback.
1: No doubt. And when you look at it, obviously uh Mississippi State as to be expected under Mike Leach in that air raid of offense isn't run the ball a ton, have had some some success when they when they have. If they look to kind of use Will Rogers on some of those short passes to to kind of, you know, get some chunk play or get some short yardage plays and get into field position or what um what have you kind of seen there in in terms of in in terms of the way he's been able to manage the offense on that side?
2: Yeah, you'll see them use the running game. Um, or to use the passing game almost as an extension of the running game—the short swing passes or things like that. But um, I think they've done a better job this year, focusing a little more on the running game to allow the offense to uh, kind of blossom a little more. I think whenever you're just showing that, um, you're you're going to run a draw play every now and then. And most of your offense is just going to be patterned around passing the football. It's it's going to be tough to keep a defense honest. And this year, I think they've done a better job at getting Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks more involved in the running game, and not just using them to block or using them out of the backfield as you know the last resort with a dump off pass. That we saw the last two weeks, that they've had the the three longest rushing plays in Mike Leach's tenure. They had two 30-yard plays against LSU. One of them was a 34, 35-yard run, I think, from Marks for a touchdown. Dylan Johnson had a big run. And then he had a – Dylan Johnson had a 37-yard run last week too. So the rushing attack is is starting to develop a little more, I think, for Mississippi State. And that's good for, for Mike Leach's offense. I, I don't think that just dropping back and passing at 60 times – is going to be yeah. effective in this league. You're going to have to add in the run, 25 carries from your running backs, averaging five yards a rush, you know, per game. If you do that in a game, I think that's going to take this offense a long way.
1: No doubt. We'll be back uh, right after right after a quick break to kind of look at the defensive side of the ball and and, and talk some keys to this game as well.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
1: Welcome back into the Gigam 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersey joined by Robbie Falk. Um, Robbie, AM obviously it's been well documented so far this year, has been inconsistent to say the least offensively. I think that would be putting it putting it kindly. What 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 do you think will be the focus this week for Zach Arnett as they look to maybe attack
2: AM? I'm really interested to see what the game plan is. I mean, Arnett is a guy that by nature is going to be pretty aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. Looking at A and M, you know if I'm Zach Arnett, I, I'm I'm trying to stop A Shane first and foremost. Um, that's a guy that you cannot let establish the running game for A and M and break off these big rushes like, like he had against Arkansas. Had a huge game against Arkansas, and he had a big game last year against State too. He had some big runs, and I thought A and M was running the football pretty well against State last year. Um, so I, for me, it's. Not exactly stopping the run, because I don't know if that's going to be possible to just uh, straight-up stop a ms run game. I'm, I'm going to try to limit those big plays from A-Shane in the, in the rushing attack and try to keep him at four yards a carry or something, if that's possible, and just limit him there. And I'm going to make Max Johnson beat me. I'm going to make him make some throws, make some big-time throws, which he can, but I, I feel a lot better – forcing the game into max johnson's hands than letting am establish a run game wear down the defensive line and um, really attack Mississippi state from from that level and i think state's been solid against the run there's been the numbers don't really uh bear it out because you know they're probably somewhere around top 50 um in the rushing defense category but a lot of those have been some big plays and State's defense can give up some big plays but you have to keep that rushing attack in front of you. You can't be chasing those guys all over the field. And I, I'm just going to f- try my best to force AM to being a passing offense.
1: You, know, you think they start to mix up fronts? We've seen Arkansas do that a little bit and, and some others do that as well. Do you think we could see them kind of mix up fronts as
2: well? And... They could. They're mostly going to run a three-man front. But you'll see you know, there's, there's times where you have – you know, four guys in the line of scrimmage and three of them are standing up. You know, I mean, it's they're, they're going to try to give them a, a few different looks um, with that uh, three-man front. And they'll bring down Tyrus Wheat sometimes on the line of scrimmage and, and play him almost like a defensive end. Uh, the linebackers have been really good against the run. So I'm interested to see that matchup between the two teams. But like I said, I mean, I thought A&M was having success running the football against State last year. And and busted off a few big plays, and um, that's something that you have to watch in this ball game. I I think one area that could really hurt State in this game is if they try to pressure Max Johnson too much, and you're leaving those safeties on the island with those four and five star receivers, um, because yeah. I you know I don't I don't think State's been exceptionally well in one on one coverage with with their safeties. So and that's that's what you'll find sometimes when State brings pressure from different areas you'll find that the quarterback's able to get the ball off and there's a safety one-on-one with one of the team's best receivers and it usually comes back to haunt state so that's i think you know as strange as it sounds i think that if state is pressuring max johnson he could have more success than if he's just seemingly just standing there in the pocket and throwing the ball around
1: Interesting, because, yeah, he's obviously been under a lot of pressure these, these first couple of weeks, and you know, that he's that he's been under center. Um, when you look at the keys to the game, whether it's offensive or defensive side with State, what do you kind of see as, as the keys?
2: I think one of them is limiting the run, like I said. I think that's yeah. first and foremost what State has to do on the defensive side of the ball. And, bend, but don't break. When you're getting them – if a if, and if AM's getting inside the red zone, force field goals. Keep them to three points, and for State's offense, I think it's just execution. They had they didn't have the execution against LSU. They're going to face a defense that is as talented and that can do a lot of the same things that LSU was able to do. Um, DJ Durkin had some success against State last year at Ole Miss, so I know he's probably going to have a good game point in this ball game. State's got to be able to execute. They can't get behind the chains can't drop passes. They had five drops against LSU. Um, they didn't execute on those drives, uh, but they came up empty. So uh, the biggest thing for state offensively is just make sure that you're doing your job. Uh, protect well, get the ball out in time. Don't have those penalties, don't have those drops.
1: And just on the, on the red zone defense front, you know, looking at The stats for this game and and looking at how states perform, it looks like they've had a lot of trouble, you know, defending in the red zone, specifically giving up touchdowns. What have been the primary issues? Is it just the way teams have attacked them? And I think I think they were giving up touchdowns in over seventy five percent as of right now.
2: Yeah, I don't know how many. I hadn't looked at those numbers. Um, I know against uh Arizona and, and Memphis, I don't know how many chances they got in Bowling Green as well. The Bowling right. Green might have got one chance inside the red zone, I'm not sure, but against LSU, you know, LSU had a couple of trips inside the red zone and they they just lost contain on Jaden Daniels and um didn't kind of spy him out cuz he whenever state pressured him, he just stepped up in the pocket and ran. So I didn't think yeah. the game plan was very good against him. That was kind of the issue, but um state's defense for the most part has been solid um they just have to make sure they limit these big plays because there hasn't been a ton of trips inside the red zone the big plays is really the biggest concern i think gotcha
1: awesome well great insight won't get any better insight from from anybody other than than you so i really appreciate you joining us on, on the podcast to give a give a look at mississippi state
2: yeah man i appreciate you thanks for having me on hope we have a, a Good crowd this weekend from both sides. I know this is a—it's so interesting to me because both these teams wear maroon. They both have similar jerseys. I mean, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the two, but um, it's kind of turned into a budding rivalry since they've joined the SEC. It's been kind of fun to watch.
1: No doubt, it really has been. It's going to be fascinating. Two teams that I think match up pretty
2: pretty similarly should be should
1: be a really good one and and you know huge stretch for both sides and ian has got Alabama right afterwards as well. So you know huge, huge stretches for both sides and, and we'll of course be back to to break it down next week and, and look ahead to that matchup with Alabama. Um, if you're looking listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast be sure to give us a five star review. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button to get a notification every time a new video drops. And until next time, have a great week everyone and we'll be back today.